another time. I didn't want to take care of it. After all, I just didn't have time. So I waited. I made it last. I used it as little as I possibly could, at least until we got back from vacation. Then I knew I had to. I couldn't couldn't put it off any longer. I had put it off as, as long as I could. It was overdue. It was time. I had to take my truck in to get an oil change. (sighs) Still lacking time, I decided to take it somewhere that that quickly does the work while you sit in the comfort of your vehicle. I'm not going to say where, but you can probably start to imagine where. While you sit there in your vehicle, because I'm like, anything that will gain me an extra couple of minutes that I can pull my computer out and continue to work, I need that. So I pulled into this, this place, and right when I pull up, the attendant goes, what can I help you with? I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is... This is a place for oil changes, right? Right? Like, this is oil changes. So why would I be here? I I didn't actually say this. Like, I was biting my tongue because I have a CCC sticker on the back of my truck, right? I'm like, okay, I got to be really, really careful here. But man, what else do you think I'm here for? You do oil changes. So nicely, I said, I'm here for an oil change. And he says, great. As we get started, we're just going to run a diagnostic of of everything on the truck. Awesome. Go ahead. And and as they diagnosed, they proceeded with, would you like to change your filter? Would you like your tires rotated? We notice it's time for a transmission fluid to be replaced. Would you like us to take care of that for you today? Would you like us to use an additive to your fuel tank? Would you like us to replace your windshield wipers? Would you, sir, did you know that there's actually an air filter inside the cab of your vehicle? Can I have permission to go to the other side of your vehicle and show you? And they proceed to take it out and say, yep, look, it's doing its job. Would you like us to replace that for you today? And before I knew it, they had offered to do about $1,000 worth of work on my truck when all I went in for was an oil change, right? I went in for one thing, and they offered thing after thing after thing. Like, but, but you don't just need an oil change, right? Like, you need all of these other things. And, and, and I probably do, but I, again, I didn't have time. So I I graciously said, you know what, thank you. I just don't have time today. I'll come back another time and and do these other things, right? I just need the oil change today. And so they changed my oil, and and that's actually all that they they got me to do that day. And as I pulled out of the garage bay, uh, I I looked in my rearview mirror, and I started to see other vehicles pulling in to take my spot, right? Like, they were just moving, like vehicle after vehicle going in. And I wondered, you know, 
how many people would leave with more than just a simple oil change? They, they went in for an oil change and they would leave with more. And that was actually confirmed yesterday. Uh, this, this happened like a month, like almost three, four weeks ago. And, and then it was confirmed yesterday when my wife took her vehicle to this place to get her oil change. And she came back home with an oil change and a new battery. I'm like, I, and, and you know what? I'm grateful. If our battery is bad and it needs to be replaced, I'm glad that they offered. And, and it did. It really actually did. And so I'm grateful for that. But I wonder how many people go for one thing and come back with more. You see, so oftentimes in life, we feel like we need more. We easily find ourselves unsatisfied. We easily find ourselves unsatisfied. The reality is we we easily find ourselves wanting more. We're not satisfied. And and guess who capitalizes on that? Marketers, companies, right? Like I went to school, uh, I went to my undergrad for business, and I I took a ton of marketing classes, and I knew that you would capitalize when people feel like they need something, when they feel unhappy. Just if I could have this other thing, it would be great. And they, they capitalize on it. Do you need more than an oil change? Would you like that as a meal? Would you like to go large on that meal? Right? I know that one. Would you like to have a better model of a bike? Oh, that's tough for me too. Is this property going to be big enough for you? Don't, don't you think you need at least half an acre, maybe even an acre? Like, let's just be kind to yourself. Hey, don't you think you need a swimming pool for your kids? Like, if you don't get a swimming pool in Hemet for your kids, aren't you neglecting them, right? Like, you need something else. If you owned a Peloton, you would be in shape, right? I don't think so. You have to use it. If we just had Pastor John back, we would be so Good. Hey, and I'm right there with you. I'm like, yeah, that would be good, right? Like, we love Pastor John. But however, so many times in, in our lives, we're filled with chasing the things that we want. We're filled with chasing our desires. Not that our wants are inherently bad, but when our wants take the place of what is best, that's where we get into trouble. And we'll see that today. We, we can find ourselves lost down this rabbit hole trying to be satisfied. So my friends, can I take some pressure off you today? Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And we'll see that today in, in Paul's letter to the church of Colossae. Now, now just so that we're clear, I, I just want to make sure that we know Paul was not the one directly responsible for the start of this church, (gasps) right? Like we have walked through so many letters from Paul and he has been an instrumental figure in starting these churches. He has traveled to these areas. He's, He's shared the gospel. People have responded to that gospel. Churches begin and then he goes away to the next area and does it all over again. Then he writes these letters back to them. Well, this church right here is not one that he went and started. He didn't meet with these people in Colossae, but 
He was influential in it because he met, it, it was started by one of his co-workers, Epaphras. It was started by, by his friend who, who was concerned for these new believers. And so when, when Epaphras ended up meeting up with Paul, he met up with him, surprise, surprise, in, in Rome, while Paul was again chained to a guard under house arrest. And so Epaphras, he gets, he gets to meet up with Paul there and he says, hey, I'm just concerned for this church. I'm concerned about the pressures around them from the culture and the people around them to add things to the gospel. We've taught them the gospel. We've taught them about Jesus, but here's what I'm afraid of. Everybody around them is saying, oh, but you need to add this, and you need to do this, and I'm afraid that they're going to do that. They're going to they're grab a hold of that. And so Paul, Paul decides to write this letter, this letter to, it's called Colossians, so that he can be an encouragement to this church. It's a good reminder, too. That, that just because we haven't had maybe an influential moment, we weren't the ones that brought someone to Christ, that led them to Jesus, that told them about Jesus, we still have an opportunity to be influential in their lives. So when somebody shows up new at community, guess what? We have an opportunity, and by we, I mean we, right? Like not just me, not just John, not just the, the people up here in worship, but we all have an opportunity to be influential in their life. Maybe we weren't before, but maybe in the future we will be. And so we should be, we should be cognizant of that so that we see new people. We say, hey, how can I help you? Hey, if you need anything, let me know, right? Like we need to be influential in people's lives. Dear friends, Jesus is enough. I love how Paul begins his letters, like, like most of his letters. Last week, we talked about some, some of the importance of being in relationships with others. We watch Paul be in relationship with this church of Thessalonica. He cared about them. He walked with them. Right? He spent many weeks with them being an encouragement. Paul just starts his letters that way. Hey, let me be an encouragement to you. Let me be intentional with you. And it doesn't stop here just because he didn't start this church. No, he's going to be intentional here with this church as well. And we see it as we begin in Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. Paul says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and, uh, and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. I think that that is such an important word right there. You have heard what is, is in this true message of the gospel. He's already getting into the fact that, hey, we've got to address some things, church. We got to make sure that we are believing the true things that we left you with and not adding other things on to the gospel, even when it might sound good. 
I wonder if those if that scripture sounds a bit familiar. And I think it's because it, it comes up with these three words that if you were here last week, we heard faith, love, and hope. We need to fight for faith, love, and hope. In fact, we probably could have just modified last week's message title to, to Dear Friends, Remain Faithful Because Jesus is enough. Why can we remain faithful? Because Jesus is all we need. He is enough. You don't have to add anything to that. See, Paul's dealing with several of the same issues in, in the church that existed with the church of Thessalonica. You see, it, it, it's similar to what happens to us here today. Our current culture deals with, with certain things, major issues, no matter where you live, right? And some areas might deal with them less. Some areas might deal with them more. Some places they might have different tweaks to those major issues. But for, for the majority, those issues are going to be the same, whether you're in Hemet or LA, right? Like they might be different, but they're going to be the same altogether, if that makes any sense. You see, we're not going to spend much time right here today, but, but I just want to take a look at a few of the issues that were going on with this church and around this church and in this culture. And so we see in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather then on Christ, those are the additives, right? Those are the things that are, that are being added to the gospel. Hey, you can believe the gospel, but what about, what about these things? You should have these other spiritual forces involved. You should have these other traditions. And so we need to fight against spiritual forces and human tradition. That's what Paul is telling these people here. Church of Colossae, you don't need to add these other things. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. He continues in verses 20 to 21. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you, you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules, right? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which you have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. You see, the culture around the church was influencing heavily in two areas. They, they had this problem, and it was called polytheism. See, monotheism is when you are worshiping one God, but around this culture in, this, in Colossae, they were, they were worshiping multiple gods. It's called polytheism. Hermes, the god, the god of money, uh, Aphrodite, the goddess of sex, Apollo, the god of music, and then there's Jesus, who was just another one included in who they would worship. You see, they were taking bits and pieces of all these different things and adding them together to develop their own religion. I wonder if that happens here today. I think so, right? 
It happens today. We take, we take Christianity and we say, well, we like this about Christianity. And we take uh, Mormonism. We say, we like this about Mormonism. And we take, take Buddhism and we say, we like this about Buddhism. And all of a sudden, we've got this mixed bag of a religion that we've made up. We've added to the gospel. And that was the danger in Colossae, that they would add to the gospel. Since Jesus is enough, though, we need to worship one God, right? The, the one true God who created all, including us, in his own image. And so we see that that was the first influence that they were dealing with. And then the, the second influence was observing the laws of the Torah. They were saying, hey, you've got to observe these laws. You've got to do these things, right? Like there's certain steps. You have to be doing this or else it's not the gospel, you see, but here's the problem with that. That was the old covenant. That, that was what God had called to between him and, and Israel, between God and, and the Jews, and they were no longer in this church bound by the old covenant. No, God came, Jesus came to abolish that law to create a new covenant. That's between Jews and Gentiles, females, males, every, everybody is how we say it, right? It is for everybody. So they're no longer bound to this covenant. Now the church of Colossae, now we are responsible to the new covenant. Why? Because Jesus is enough. We don't have to add all these other things in. Jesus is enough. He came, he came to this earth to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death. Why? Because he is the only way that we can be made right with God. We're sinners. You see, Jesus paid that price on the cross. It is, all, it is all about him, and yet so oftentimes we make it about us. You see, Paul is very clear here, reminding the Colossians of this. In fact, he, it, we're going to take a step back into chapter 1 for a minute. Because he, he writes this messianic poem. And I thought, and you, some of you guys are like, hey, we forgot to do communion. And I'm like, no, we didn't. Like, we are going to it right here. Why? Because this is, this is going straight to what we celebrate, what we remember about communion. It's this truth, this messianic poem that Paul writes about Jesus. And it'll lead us to a time of remembering, to a time of celebrating, to a time of conviction, to a time of encouragement. And so let's read Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Paul says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, and for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. How? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Dear friends, Jesus is enough. I want to take some time to intentionally focus on that. I think oftentimes we can get moving through Scripture and, and, and we get moving at such a fast pace, especially through this series where we are trying to cover a full book every time we meet. And I don't want us to miss out on an opportunity here an opportunity to be intentional and focus on the sacrifice that Jesus made. Paul included this intentionally for a reason. And so I don't want to skip past that. So as we reflect, I want you to reflect on your life. I want you to ask, is Jesus enough for me? Or am I adding all kinds of things to try to be happy, to try to not feel alone? Am I adding other things to the truth of the gospel, which I originally believed that Jesus was enough? Have I added things to that? How do you know that? Hmm. I wonder if you're feeling anxious because you just can't get enough stuff. You're like, man, every time I get one thing, I need another. Well, then you're adding things to the gospel because Jesus is enough. Or maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I am filled. Like I am truly running after Jesus and you're filled with life as you abide, as, as it says in John chapter 15, as you abide in Christ, as you spend time with him, you are filled. Well, then great. This is an opportunity for you to sit and be thankful. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm going to invite you to, to take communion with us. And you're like, sit, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I'm not, but man, I would like to be. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus before communion so that you can take communion with us as a church family. And, and if you're sitting there thinking, man, I would love to give my life to Jesus. I, I believe that, that he died on the cross for my sins. Believe that he rose three days later and that, that we have hope because of it. It's the hope that we've been talking about all through this series. It's the hope that, that Paul has stressed in the opening of all these letters. And if that's you today, it's simple. You just got to tell God, thank you, God, thank you. In fact, if we can bow our heads, close our eyes, if that's you sitting here today, you're thinking, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. Then, then pray a prayer. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross for my sins. God, I'm a sinner and, and there's nothing that I can do to write that. So God, thank you for sending Jesus to live a perfect life here on earth, to die a sinner's death on a cross, to, sp 
to shed his blood for my sins, Lord. And thank you that he rose three days later, God. God, that we can serve a risen Lord, a risen Savior who will one day return for us. God, I thank you for giving me life today. Pray these things in your name. Amen. If you're a follower of Jesus, we'd invite you to take communion with us. If you're joining us online, go ahead and grab some crackers and some juice so you can take it with us. If you're in person, we've got elements on the side of the room and in the front of the room. It's two cups. The bottom cup is bread. The top cup is juice. So when you take that, make sure you take both. If you've got your family here, take enough for your family as well. Make it back to your seat. But here's the thing. I'm not going to have the the worship team come back up here because there's been this song that has been running through my mind, running through my head for the entire week. It's called, uh, it's called, It's Always Been You by Phil Wickham. And so it's been a song that I've been challenged with this week, that I've been encouraged with, that I've been listening to on repeat. And I just want you guys to take a moment and hear it. So I want you to feel free as, as that song does play to, to get those elements and then to listen, to reflect, to allow God, ask God, hey God, is there something that I am adding, that I am putting in place of you? I want you to be enough. You are enough. Maybe we're going to be convicted of those things tonight. Maybe we're just going to be encouraged because Jesus has been Enough for us. We continually to look to him. And so while this song plays, feel free to go and, and grab those elements, and then I will lead us in communion together when that song wraps up. Sound good? All right, you guys can grab those right now.
how it keeps going back to it's always been you. Sometimes I think we forget to sit and allow that to sink in. It's always been him. He is enough. Why? Because he sacrificed his only son right, on the cross. And so Jesus' body was broken, right? It was beaten for us, not so that we could add other things to it, but because Jesus is enough. So we take the bread together because of that. And it's because of his blood being shed that we can enjoy spiritual life, that we know that that we have hope that he will return for the body of believers. And so we take the cup in remembrance of that. See, Paul reminds us in this poem in Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 20, he reminds us that Jesus is the head. Jesus is what it's all about. 
He's the voice, as, the, as that song said, he's the voice that, that calms the storm inside of me. He's the light that shines in every tunnel. He's, he's there in the past. Past. He'll be there again in the future and tomorrow. He's the source of all power. So I think as believers, we should be challenged to tap into that power, to say you are enough and I'm going to pursue you and only you. He's the head of the church. If you could imagine that I was holding a speaker, just a little travel speaker right now, Some of those speakers are, are meant for something specific. Actually, all speakers are meant for something specific, right? To be able to play music on, to be able to project music. Here's the thing. Some, those small little speakers, most of them are rechargeable, right? And, and so you can recharge them, and then they'll play music for a while. But what happens when they run out of battery, when they run out of power, they're not useful anymore, right? They, they're not doing what they were intended for. A speaker is intended for, for playing music, and when it has no power, it is not worth anything at that moment. What do you have to do? i got to go run and figure out which plug goes to that speaker and try to find a brick that goes to that plug, right, to be able to plug in so that I have a power source and it can recharge that speaker. Why? So that it can do what it was, what it was made for. You see, we were made for a specific purpose. And that purpose involves a relationship with Jesus. Allows Jesus as the head to, to, to be the, the source of power for our lives. And so when we're not plugged into the source of power, when we're not making Jesus enough, we're looking at adding other things. We're not doing what our purpose was for. We're living as if Jesus is not enough. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, and a couple other verses says this, Since then, you've been raised with Christ, so set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And he goes through this list again of things, right? Things that they're dealing with. Sexual immorality, purity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Uh, now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, right? We get all of these things that, that, that distract us, that, that says Jesus is not enough. And when we're operating in a way that's not intended, we easily and continually fall back into patterns of sin. We want to fill our lives with more, more things that feel good in the moment. But as we've talked about over the past several weeks, we are called to holiness. Paul describes it here. This is what holiness looks like. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We get those words again. Clothe yourself with compassion, 
kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, when we're living as though Jesus is enough, we fight against worldly pressures. We fight against sin. We pursue the life that we were created for. Then we have an opportunity. When we live that way, God gives us opportunities to impact the lives of people around us. Paul puts it like this as we close. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Even the person at the oil change place that I thought only did oil changes, right? Why does my why does my words have to reflect Christ? Well, because there might be an opportunity. That might be a person that God has put into my life that, that because of the way I acted, because of the way I talked, they see a simple sticker on the back of my truck and they say, man, what's that? Oh, so that's the church that I attend. Like, I love that place. You should come, right? It's opportunity. And we're to make the most of every opportunity, Paul says. So when your favorite team loses, oh, this is tough. This is when I know God's speaking to me, right? Like when your favorite team loses, Jesus is enough. It's like, no, but my team needs to win, right? No, Jesus is enough. When, when USA doesn't get that medal, Jesus is enough. When you have aches and pains in your body, Jesus is enough. When you don't have very many friends, Jesus is enough. When you're low on finances, Jesus is enough. When your kids are driving you crazy, Jesus is enough. When your parents are driving you crazy, Jesus is enough. When your neighbors are throwing a party at midnight, Jesus is enough. When you get an unsettling report from the doctor, Jesus is enough, and that's hard. But over the last several years, I've watched so many people that, that go to community, go through so many different difficulties health-wise, and they could easily say, no, Jesus isn't enough. I need this and that. But I've watched them say, no, Jesus is enough. And I've watched God heal them. I've watched them be an example for others to have a voice in, in a different type of community that not everybody's going to have a voice in. When events around the world create anxiousness, Jesus is enough. When, when our students have to wear masks again at school, guess what? Jesus is enough. Fill in the blank. Jesus is enough, right? Whatever the circumstance, Jesus is enough. So, dear friends, right, dear friends, Jesus is enough, and that's worth 
sharing with others. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for being enough. So many times we, we, we feel the need to add more. Oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. God, it is by grace that we've been saved, not of our own work, God, because of Jesus' work on the cross. So, God, we thank you for that. We praise you for that, God. We thank you that you are enough. God, I pray as we go from here tonight that we would let people know that that would be worth sharing, that we would look and reflect on our lives and see the things that we're adding, God, that we would strip all of that away and that we would focus our eyes solely on you. God, help us to do that. Give us the strength to do that. Give us the courage to do that. And we will give you all the praise and glory for it. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to close tonight in, in kind of a different way. Um, a lot of the times we'll have our worship team close us out. But when I was... When I was a youth pastor, we would end some of our services this way where we were dealing with some things. We're dealing with some things that are in our lives, just like what we're dealing with tonight, like things that are in the way of us focusing on Jesus. So I want to end tonight in this way of, it's called a discipline of silence. I want to give you guys a space. If you're working through some things tonight, I want a space for you to just be able to sit and reflect and pray. And, and so I want this room, as we leave this room, if you can leave in a discipline of silence, that means just kind of head out. And once you get out the doors, like you can fellowship, you can hang out, you can talk. But let's leave this space for anybody that needs to just spend some moments with God. Does that work for you guys? All right, you guys are dismissed. Glad that you guys were here tonight.